Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rose Hour Podcast. And this week, we have Randy from Cave Ridge Vineyards. Woohoo! Pew, pew! Everybody drink rose. Rose. So we sip rose. We gonna sip rose. Rose. Sip rose. Baby girl, she don't play. Don't play. So we sip rose. We're going to sip rose. That rose hour, baby. Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rose Hour Podcast. And I'm so excited because I'm here today with. Yes, bartender Ben. Hey. I don't know why we got to make him, his introduction always so dramatic. Like, it's always this long pause. Like, it's like, who is it? It's not a surprise guest. It is Hey. Why? 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 I, I like it though. No, it needs to stop. See, well, you stop showing it. I mean, <laughs> you the one doing it. I mean, I like it. It's like, oh, okay, cool. DC, it's like DC. you're on, Ben. I'm like, LA. I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump in. Just jump in. I'm always well. Double Dutch it. Just jump in. Oh man. Well, I'm excited we're here today. I'm always excited. Are you? What? Oh lord. Hey. hey. Hey, who are we talking to today? Well, I'm excited because we're talking to Randy and we're sipping on some of his amazing rosé from Cave Ridge Vineyard out here in Virginia. And it is a family-owned and operated vineyard and winery located at the foothills overlooking the Shenandoah Valley, uh, which is world-renowned for its scenic beauty and history. Uh, It has low rainfall and deep rocky soils, which make it an ideal location for growing the highest qualities of grapes, which are used to make Cave Ridge wines. Um, the tasting room was opened in 2005 by owners Randy and Karen Phillips. Um, soon after opening the estate grown in Virginia, uh, wines acquired a loyal following. Uh, their daughter, Megan, later joined the Cave Ridge Vineyard uh, as their general manager. And they have a amazing event each year called the Red Silk Gala that is about women coming, wearing these red dresses, uh, and they promote all these uh, wines that they make as well. And there's a lady on one of the bottles that has this red silk dress, and it's so amazing. Uh, And they have a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous rosé as well. I I need that rosé. Well, you have it. I need that. So you- I need it in abundance, though. Okay, because I'm like... Well, you know so, what I mean. Like once I I'm need not it, sure like I'm I, I understanding need where we're going with this. Yeah. No, I need like a refrigerator, like a wall safe full of it. Like, yeah, well, it's really good. It. Yeah, like please, we need to. Yeah, we need to work out a deal or something. Um, Cave Ridge wine is, is amazing. Well, and so their rosé has 12.5 percent alcohol. Um, it is the rosé. It has like this rose um, flower on the label. It's really delicious. It's, I'm a fan. But they have like, maybe like, I would even say like 10 different types of wines. Oh, they, they are so amazing. I love it. They have so many different types of wines. They have like a Syrah, a Cabernet. Um, they have a Fossil Hill Reserve. Um, they have a Summer Splash. I mean, <laughs> 
They have wow. a cuvee. You name it, they have all kinds of different wines. And also, their vineyard is really cool. And they do innovative things. They have, like like I said, the red silk dress party. They have all kinds of events. And they're just really innovative. So it was really great talking with Randy um, about the vineyard and even how he even got into uh, whining. Be a winery. <laughs> Being a winemaker. There we go. Got to learn how to conjugate my words. Yes. So really excited. And the wine is really, this rosé is really good. So shout out to Cave Ridge. We still need to go visit. The pandemic has slowed us down, but we are coming to Shenandoah Valley soon. I need to do that like this. Or next, because <laughs> it is a lot happening, you know, with National Rosé Day, International Rosé Day. It's a lot of things happening. Juneteenth, 4th of July, Memorial Day. Um, it's a lot of holidays going on this yeah. summer. I'm just ready to get out the house. I think everyone is. Is coronavirus over with? No. Um, well, because there's Delta now, too. So. Man, I, I'm, come on. So everybody still, you know, follow the, the rules of the CDC and your local and state and federal um, you know, restrictions of what you should and ought to be doing. Uh, but make sure just be safe, get vaccinated, wash your hands. Cause like that's the thing, right? When you get laxed, that's how you get sick again. You know, and um like today I was out, right? And people out you know, Yeah. In the woods. You know, when good got here. You know, like once you get to the barber's chair, you take your mask off. But I want my I want my yeah. mask on with the barber there. Well, well, the barber wears the barbers are still wearing masks, but you know it's, you can't wear a mask while you're trimming up your mustache, beard, you know, what have you. Yeah, so, I mean, the last time I got my beard, <laughs> I, <did. laughs> I kept my mask but, on. <laughs> but, but more so, it's just like the people, you know, waiting in the barber shop because you know. Um, especially on weekends, it's very busy. You know, Saturdays are busy. So, um, a lot of people are waiting. But there was a lot of people in there without masks. Did you have yours on? I had mine. I don't trust people. So, I, I'm still wearing my mask. Um, and I'm going to continue wearing it. It, it. it ain't over. So, continue wearing your mask. Uh, wear your mask. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. Wear your mask. <laughs> All of that. Continue wearing it. Um, and besides, you know, people be having colds. People be having the flu. You know, people are just nasty anyway. And I just feel like, you know, you know right? And I like, haven't been sick. Right. And I mean, if you look at a lot of Asian countries, they do, they've been doing that already. Yeah. Wearing masks. You know, if you're sick, you wear a mask so you don't spread your germs to other folks. Yeah. So, you know, I think... Um, Wear your mask. Right. If you're sick... Wear your mask. If you think you're sick... Wear your mask. You coughed a little bit at your party the other day. Go home. And... Wear your mask. Right. You're around a whole bunch of people. Don't go around them and wear your mask. Look at that. That's real easy. Yes. Wear your mask. <laughs> wear your mask. I'm just like, and get vaccinated. Like, I know people are like, there's something in it. Oh my God, don't don't get vaccinated. They controlling you. Listen, if they wanted to toe tag you and track you, they already got you on your cell phone. So you already on the grid. 
I just am like, I'd rather be vaccinated and know that I, at least I'm not going to get COVID. Um, I mean, I already been vaccinated for smallpox. I've been vaccinated for uh, chickenpox. I've been vaccinated for measles. Uh, God knows whatever else. I mean, I was one vaccinated baby. Like, my mom was like, you said there's a new vaccine for what? Um, <laughs> shoot her up, baby. Um, so, like, I don't understand why people are acting like now, you know, we we don't need all these vaccinations. Like, it saves the population to, like... Let's just keep getting vaccinated. I understand, like, it happened quickly, but also COVID spread quickly. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it required a quick response. Yeah. You know, to limit how many people you know, are infected, you know, and ultimately die from the virus. Listen, you're going to die for something. Let it not be COVID. Right. Let it be, like, from a good time. Wear <laughs> your mask. Wear your mask. <laughs> and speaking of masks, Let's go on to our first interview where we can unmask the conversation we had with, with Randy of Cambridge right after this commercial. Randy. Randy, here we come. Get Randy. Hey there, friends. It's Renee here at the Rose Hour Podcast. And today, you're in for one of the most delightful treats you ever get this year. I mean, 2021 is starting off with a bang, right? So why not continue it with this most amazing family-owned and operated vineyard in the Virginia Shenandoah Valley? I mean, we have a lot of wine culture in Virginia, but this right here, they take the cake to a whole nother level. They're sweet and everything in between. Randy and his family of Cave Ridge Vineyard is here today, and we're so excited. Hey, Randy! Hey, it's great to be with you. Oh my gosh, I feel like this is a moment that was supposed to happen because it had to happen. <laughs> yeah, we're excited. We're excited. Yes. So how did you get started in, in this family business of Cave Ridge Vineyards? So that's a, that's a question I get asked frequently. And um, so you have to go back about 20 years. I was... Um, I, I, I've loved wine ever since I was in college, uh, uh, but I drank a different kind of wine then. However, um, I, I really like uh, agriculture. I grew up in agriculture, and I got to a point in my, um, my professional career where I wanted to make a career change. And, and so uh, it, I, at that point in my life, I... I could, I wanted to pursue my passion. And you know uh, what they say about a passion? It's not work if it's a passion. And so mm -hmm. I began looking for, um, I needed, I wanted to stay on the Eastern seaboard. I wanted to be uh, kind of a pioneer, if you will, in an emerging wine, um, wine market, wine area. And the Shenandoah Valley, with my experience in agriculture, after looking around, looking at climate data charts, soil charts, the Shenandoah Valley uh, was clearly the place to be to grow grapes. Because as we say, wine is made in the vineyard. 
the job of the winemaker, which I am, I'm the winemaker, is not to screw up what Mother Nature gives us. And so, so uh, I we get um, it's one of the driest areas in terms of rainfall east of the Mississippi River. It is also an ancient seabed, so we have uh, limestone soils, which grapes love limestone soils because of the pH. The pH of 6.5 is ideal for grapes, and they're well-drained soils. So um, then then became the task of finding the right place in the Shenandoah Valley, and so that took another year, year and a half. And so we broke ground in 2001, uh, planted our first vines in 2002, and every year uh, we keep adding more and more uh, to our uh, you know, to what we're doing. We, have, we, we cultivate about nine different varieties of grapes. Most of them are the European vinifera, uh, all the way any, from starting from uh, Riesling, which is considered more of a German uh, grape, but it does well here uh, because of the dryness, uh, to the Cabernets, Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, uh, Petit Verdot, and so we concentrated on that for the first few years to get the vineyard established. We now farm and lease uh, um, about 25 acres of grapes that produce somewhere around 7,000 cases of wine uh, a year. Whoa! And it's we're we're a little we're a little larger than the average for Virginia. So uh, we just keep anything any profits we make go right back into the. Uh, back into the business. Uh, my daughter, Megan, who's the general manager, decided to, to make this a uh, multi-generational operation. Uh, so we, we made the decision to expand several years ago when she came into the, into the business. So we, and then, you know, my grand, my, my granddaughters also, uh, will, uh, will help at harvest. And, um, so they may be the third generation that, that takes over, but that's up to them. This is, this is our gig and, and, you know, we, we love what we do. So you grow the, we grow the grapes. We, we do, it's an estate vineyard, which means it's all grown and processed here at Cave Ridge. And so then we started branching out a few years ago uh, to doing, um, doing sparkling wine. And, and I love sparkling wine because you can pair it with so many different types of food and, 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 it, and it's good any time of the day. So, you know, from breakfast, from breakfast to dinner. Yeah. It uh, goes with everything. <laughs> it does. And so, so uh, we have now uh, become a uh, uh, sparkling uh, wine production that we do for other vineyards as well. We do it in the Prosecco method uh, which is uh, naturally carbonated. So none of it's artificially carbonated. It's all natural uh, in, that, in that process. So the real, uh, so a few years ago, we launched into a uh, sparkling rosé. Now rosé, um, we've been doing rosé since 2009. And, and there's different ways to do rosé. Um, you, uh, you can take the red grape, and crush them and let them sit uh, with the juice. The skins sit with the juice for a little amount of time and drain those off. Mm -hmm. Or you can mix a red wine and a white wine and create the color. 
We do it, uh, which I think is the only real natural way. We manage a certain part of the vineyard just for rosé because rosé needs to be a little acidic. You want a little nice crispness, you know, especially during the warmer months to have that nice crisp uh, salmon colored uh uh, to the to the wine, and so so we actually manage part of the part of our Cabernet Franc just for rosé, and so we know when it comes in, it comes in a little earlier than the other Cabernet Franc that we use for our table wine. We know it's going to be just perfect for rosé and also for sparkling because sparkling requires a higher acidity as well. So so um, that's in a nutshell. Uh, uh, what we do here. Um, it's a lot of work. Um, but as I said at the beginning, it's, uh, it's not really work. If it's your passion, you can overlook, I can overlook, uh, a lot of the day-to-day, um, trials and tribulations. If if at the end of the day, I can enjoy a glass or two of my own wine. (laughs) And that's like one of the greatest treats, right? Because it's a labor of love and not like, a commitment of stress. <laughs> it is, it is. And you know, um, people ask me from time to time what I enjoy, what I enjoy the most about, uh, about doing this. And the, the, you know, the wine's great, but I'll tell you, it's the, it's the social aspect. Uh, the people that I get to meet, my daughter get to meet, everyone has an interesting story that they bring with them. And we try and, and get that story out of them. Uh, you can have the best wine when you go to a place and a mediocre experience and you'll never go back. But if you have a good wine and a great experience, you'll always return. And that's what we try and provide here at Cambridge. Well, I don't think you try. You do because, I mean, yeah, we're in a pandemic right now. It's cold as all, I don't know, Iceland. Well, Iceland isn't technically cold, but Antarctica. There we go. Um, and like you guys have pivoted and made igloos outside yeah. for people to still come and have an experience. How did you guys yes. pivot? So that was, that was Megan's idea. I was a little skeptical, but I have to eat my words um, <laughs> because it has been hugely successful. We, we're only in the second week of, of doing it, but we have four their geodesic dome igloos that you can see out of. And, uh, and and they're made of 100% recyclable PVC. Wow. Um, hope, hopefully we will not have to recycle them anytime soon. <laughs> but um, we have, she has decorated those with really nice furniture. It looks very European inside. So it's very comfortable. Uh, and, and they, they have, uh, each one has their own uh, electric fireplace for aesthetics and also to provide heat. Whoa. And then we have those up on a newly constructed uh, patio where we also have our our antique British double-decker bus called the Bubble Decker. (laughs) And we came up with that idea because we want to feature the sparkling wine in this double-decker bus. But it's, it's very unique in that the roof raises up four feet and you can have an open air seating on the top deck of the bus. So it's, oh. it's very unique. There's nothing else like it in this country as far as I've been able to tell. I'm here for that. And I just like had a vision of it. Like, wow. Like you can just 
feel like the wind, feel like the amazing sun rays and really enjoy a good glass of wine. Yeah, it's what it's all about. Um, we don't do a lot of, um, well, let me back up a little bit. The type of experience that we want to provide here is a relaxed atmosphere. Uh, there are other there are other types of business models that wineries uh, use, and that's fine. But uh, we this is an adult area. We do allow children, but there are certain areas just for children. Um, the igloo area with the bus is an adult area only, uh, just so because we want people to relax. You know, with all the stress that we have in life, especially now, mm-hmm. um, people need a place to to really uh, gather themselves and kind of take a deep, deep breath, uh, let out a deep, deep breath and, and enjoy some wine. And we have some really excellent uh, chocolates that we serve here along with charcuterie uh, plates. And, and so um, we, try and, uh, we try and meet the, the, what people want as best we can. I am here for it. And what I love too about your 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 brand is the labels on all of your wine. Like they speak like stories. How did you guys come up with such innovative labels? So I do not profess to be the most creative thinker in the world, but I do have my moments. And so, <laughs> so uh, the Cabernet Franc, let me start with the red silk. Mm, and the mm. I think we sent you a bottle of that. Oh, yes. And we we drank it for National Wine Day, Drinking Day. <laughs> and oh, my God. Like, yeah, we loved so, it. So so what we do when the when the vintage is exceptional, which is it's not every year. All the vintages have been good. But you have those years uh, frequently in the odd years where the vintage is spectacular. And so. We started this back in 2006. Yeah, 2006. And, and I was tasting a barrel uh, that was very different. It was very silky. Mm. And, of course, the wine is red. So I said, ah, red silk. So I, I um, uh, asked a local artist to take that vision and put it on, uh, put it on canvas. And so we came up with the red silk label which is, uh, it's all 100% Cabernet Franc. And each vintage of Red Silk has a different woman in a red dress. I love that. And, and so we've, um, uh, we've tried to uh, illustrate different ethnicities. I think the next one will be the 2019, and that's going to be uh, a, a Japanese woman in traditional dress. Oh, I so, love that. So I, when you come out here, uh, those, that wine is still in barrels. I think it's going to be one of the best Cab Francs that we've ever done since 2004. And I'll let you taste that. I can't wait. I cannot <laughs> wait. <laughs> so, so, so that's the story behind the red silk. And, and then our port style, uh, back in 2009, I started uh, doing a port style. So because of trademark, you can't call it port. You can't even use the name port in a word. Uh, so we had to get uh, really creative. And so uh, some time I spent in Spain, uh, I remember the, the Fandango dance. And so we came up with the fan, a label called Fandango with a woman uh, dancing, uh, swirling a dress. It's a, it's a beautiful label. 
And we also, in certain years, call uh, have Fandango Blanco, which is a white port, which Ooh. is very unusual. And we use the Viognier grape. Now, speaking of Viognier, it's one of my favorite, personal favorite white wines because it's very aromatic. And so we planted that as one of the first grapes. When I did that, the few wineries that existed in Virginia at the time, a couple of the owners said, don't plant it. No one knows about Viognier. And I said, yes, but they will. Mm-hmm. And now it is Virginia's state white wine grape. And, uh, and so we, we do uh, from Riesling, which is not as aromatic, but really uh, structured to the Viognier. And of course, Chardonnay grows very well all over the world. And it's one of the, the most consumed wines around the world. So we, we do Chardonnay, but I try and mimic the, uh, bring out the minerality. So we do not over oak that Chardonnay. It sees very little oak so that you really get, it's more of a Burgundian style where you really taste the minerality of the soil. And this year, we, this year we're planting Sauvignon Blanc for the first time, which is another one of my favorite white wines. And last year we planted Pinot Noir, Ooh. which uh, Pinot Noir is, uh, does really well on limestone clay soils, which is what we have here. And so we're very optimistic that we can do a nice Pinot Noir, and in a difficult year, it'll make a wonderful sparkling wine, sparkling rosé. I mean, I love both of that. So, I mean, you can't go wrong with that decision. <laughs> it works. I'm here for it. Well, I'll tell you, it's like it's like going to Las Vegas and playing craps. You know, you 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 throw the dice and you hope that it it lands <laughs> it, it lands right, and and so we. Um, we, I, th- I believe that we have to continue to do experimentation on what works. Uh, we, we're not, uh, unlike the, the beer industry, we're not able to change our styles of wines quite as quickly because we grow everything. Mm-hmm. And it takes, it takes two to three years to get, get a vine into production. So, so you know, we're committed uh, from the winemaking side. I can, I can, uh, vary that in terms of whether we go dry or sweet or blend it, things like that. But, uh, um, you know, I, I tend to make wine the way I like it and hope everybody else does it, likes it as well. Well, you're doing a great job because, I mean, <laughs> literally, we are a huge fan. <laughs> well, great. We great. We like to collect fans. Yeah, so. we are. We are. We are fan number four. Because the oh, first three, well, you know, they've been a little established. That's family and friends. And then we're number four. <laughs> you're, uh, you're right in there with us. <laughs> that's right. We're, we're the people that are like almost family now. <laughs> Absolutely. Just, you know, uh, give it a little more time and you will be family. That's right. A few more weeks. We're, we're on our pit plan. We're, we're getting our performance uh, together so that we can be great family. <laughs> so well, uh, I, I will say also that. Uh, we sit up at about 1,300 feet above sea level. And Whoa. so when you, visit, when you visit us, you're going to have a beautiful view out over the Shenandoah Valley. Uh, and you'll be able to see the two major mountain ranges of the eastern United States, the Alleghenies uh, and the Blue Ridge. And so the perspective that you get, you, you get here is seeing both of those uh, mountain ranges from one vantage point, it's very, it's very unusual. Ooh. And you can actually see, you can see, actually see the, uh, the geology or the morphology of, of the ancient seabed. Oh, really? Oh. You can, 
And we have fossils here. We have fossils here to uh, confirm that uh, it was underwater at one time because we find these beautiful marine fossils, uh, chamber nautilus, things like that. I mean, if if you haven't already, people listening, right, friends, if you're not in the DMV area, uh, you need to get a, a flight, a train, a plane, an automobile or some sort to come here because the Shenandoah Valley is amazing. But Cave Ridge Vineyards, I mean, it sounds like heaven on earth. <laughs> I'll tell you, uh, uh, Renee, it's a great place to wake up every morning. Uh, to be blessed. <laughs> <laughs> Took us a long time to get here, but... You're um, here now. <laughs> we're here and the family's here. And, um, you know, I, again, it's... Um, I get up, the dogs wake me up about 5.30 in the morning and I get out and I'm down at the, uh, we're either, we're either bottling wine or we're working in the vineyard. Um, uh, so it's, it's a long day and I usually get back up to the house for dinner around dark and, uh, and then have my glass or two of wine, and then it's time to go to bed and start all over again. But it's it's a it's a routine that I really enjoy. Man, and you know what? I I envy you because to g- just wake up and have that kind of a day. And to your point, you know, it's not work; it's a labor of love, and you're doing what you love, and you're you're making people who love wine happy too. So it's like just a thing of love being celebrated and put in a bottle and shipped out to people everywhere. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and people love a story. Um, and we have lots of stories here. We have, uh, over the almost 20 years we've been in operation, we've collected a lot of stories from people. And and we get, um, we have a wine club. Uh, oh, tell we have more. A wine, <laughs> we have a wine club that we started several years ago. And, and so I... Uh, it's the winemaker's choice, but they're usually almost always new releases. Um, but it's, um, it's three bottles every quarter. So it's a total of a case for the year and, uh, and wine club members get to participate in things that other people don't. Uh, so we, we, and we have big parties every time we do a release. And so we have, um, uh, end of March is our next wine club uh, release. And, and I think with uh, the situation with COVID, we're crossing our fingers. We'll be d- able to do a, a live uh, event here. And I want to go back to that red silk. So I'm, I meant to tell you that when we, when we do a red silk party uh, for the wine club, all the women wear red dresses. Oh my God, I can't, I, I gotta come. I'm going to join All the All the women wear red dresses <laughs> and then we, we, we select the woman that most resembles the woman on the label. Oh my gosh. And so, and so it's, it's a, you know, again, it gets back to that experience. And uh, so it's, it's a lot of fun. So we'll, uh, we will, uh, Keep me we'll have a good we have a good time with yeah we'll have a good time with that and you know people can keep uh keep up with us on our you can uh go to our website at caveridge uh caveridge.com uh there's my daughter set up facebook and all those other wonderful social media co- connections which uh i have no time to to deal with because i'm usually working in the winery but um or the vineyard but but she's the expert at that and so She's done a very good job and people can book the, uh, the igloos right online. 
and so um, it's very uh, seamless. Wow. We love it. And also, what is your social media handle? Is it Cave Ridge Vineyard uh, that people can follow? Yes. Yes. Wow. So people get your membership, make a reservation. If you're not in the DMV, you could still go online and make a purchase. And you do ship to all 50 states? Uh, There are a couple of states, I think, that still... uh, I think Delaware is one that we cannot ship to, but mostly, mostly every, all 50 States we can ship to. Uh, So that, that's, that works pretty well now. Uh, That's been a real, real challenge over the years to to be able to ship, uh, ship wine. But yes, we can, um, we can ship just about anywhere now. Yay. So COVID does have some sort of relief somewhere because it breaks barriers of things that we knew we could do that we should have been doing that now we can do. <laughs> you know, I think, I think that's a great point. And, and uh, I think uh, there are some uh, technological advances or use of use of technology that will, that will not uh, go away once COVID does. Yep. And it's, it's uh, so many people are doing their work from, from remote locations that, that, that may not change. Yeah. Um, and so we've done a couple of virtual wine events from here uh, and people can order samples of the wines that we're going to do in the virtual. And that's, that's been very, uh, uh, very uh, well received. We may do a, another one with uh, some of the wines still in the barrels, but we really look forward to the time when, when people can come here and I think we'll have an unmasking event uh, at some point. I think we'll have to make a, make a big deal of that, but, um, it's, there's a great book, uh, called Apollo's arrow. I'll give a shout out to that book. And it's, uh, uh, uh a fellow writer from, I think he's a professor at Yale university took a look at past pandemics and what happens when those pandemics go away. And, and what he found, which is, is pretty intuitive actually, that there's a, there is a pent up, uh, demand for experience mm-hmm. that people people uh, have uh, um, people have been able to put on have had to put on hold because of the pandemic and so um, so I I bought several copies for our employees and asked them to read that and to to have a discussion about what what that means for for the way we conduct our business here because we expect a uh, uh, an unleashing of, of desire for experiences that we want to try and accommodate here. Well, we are here for it and we can't wait to have an experience there too and be a part of the Red Silk Party and the unmasking. We are here for all of what you do. Um, and well, we have, we have some good parties. I will assure you of that. <laughs> Listen, I, I've never had a bad party. I'm here for all good parties. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. You're our kind of people. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> so, Randy, you know, I know we we want to spend more time with you and we definitely can't wait to come out there and visit you guys in person. And we'll definitely uh, shoot some probably Instagram and videos with you guys. But before we do that, we wanted to know, and I think everybody is at the edge of their seat to know this because you're so knowledgeable and so wise. What's your favorite rosé? Oh, my God. <laughs> so, so you know, it, uh, rosés are um, are kind of a short-lived. I mean, they'll they'll age a little bit, but we don't 
make them to, to where they're long lived. So you want to drink them while they're fresh. I would have to say that my favorite rosé, which I've been enjoying while we've been talking, um, <laughs> is our sparkling is our sparkling rosé, uh, and it, it, it the label on it is is called Etoile. It's French for Daughter of the Stars, and Shenandoah and and uh, the, the local Native American historical Native American dialect dialect means daughter of the stars. So it's a play on words uh, using uh, the French uh, pronunciation and spelling. But, um, and the label on it is, I think we sent you a bottle, but it's- Oh it's yeah, a, it's and we're, we're sipping on that right now too. <laughs> <laughs> I would have to say the sparkling, uh, sparkling rosé is so enjoyable. It has uh, the nice acidity. It has some roundness that will allow you to enjoy it with- uh, shellfish, but also anything else you, um, you know, light fare that you want to pair it with. It's, uh, and, and I'm working on the next version, uh, which I think will even, even be better. Uh, we just, you know, we just hope to get each year. We just hope to be a little bit better. Hey, and that's better. all we could ask for life. It's just to be a little bit better than we were the year before. But even there so, you the rosé to be a little bit tastier than it once was. So, <laughs> there you go. Well, Randy, this has been so go. much well, fun. We're all for that. You're right. This has been so much fun. And we can't wait well, again to come out there to see you. Well, we look forward to that. Um, and I, I want to thank you for your interest and in promoting, uh, of course, our wines, but also um, wines in general and Virginia wines. Uh, Virginia has made... Uh, huge advances in, in the quality of wines. I mean, uh, there, were, there weren't that many. I think there were maybe 70 wineries and there are over 300. And, and we're showing uh, the women make world-class wines. Yeah. And you know what? Virginia isn't just for lovers. It's for wine lovers, too. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I love that. <laughs> All right, Randy. Well, we thank you again so much for your time. There you go. And and we, you know, you've seen the bumper sticker, Napa is for auto parts, Virginia's for wine. <laughs> We'd never seen that, but we need that. <laughs> we are here for it. Very good, Renee. It's so much it's been so nice talking with you. You too. Cheers. Thanks, Randy. Oh. I just love Mr. Cambridge. And you guys, the bottles are so beautiful. This one has a lady on it. Oh my God, and the dress she has on. I want it, I want it, I want it. And I cannot wait for the red gown ball because I definitely uh, got some dresses from quarantine and in shopping. So <laughs> can't wait, uh, Randy, for, for you guys to have that out there at the Cambridge Vineyards. Uh, and don't forget, it is in Virginia. So if you're in the DMV, head on out to the Shenandoah Valley and get us on Cambridge. We love them. We love them. We love them. Want to thank the team here at the Fair Hill Studios and Rose Hour Podcast. Uh, so bartender Ben, Magdalene, uh, Hanjo, Yahawa, all of you guys, thank you so much for all you do to make sure each week the episode happens. We really appreciate it and the support. I uh, want to thank you all our listeners out there. Uh, don't forget to tell a friend, like, follow, subscribe, and also head to our website, therosehourpodcast.com. We have merchandise and you can hear our previous episodes so you can always find out about someone you may not have heard before. 
If you just start listening today, you want to know about old episodes, head to therosehourpodcast.com and you can hear them because it's a lot of episodes. We've done, we done our work. We, we have been doing this work. <laughs> We're here for the work. Well, guys, we want to say thank you again because, you know, you can never say thank you enough. So we appreciate it. We love you guys. And we'll see you next week. Pew, 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 pew.